Welcome to Life Talk. This week's podcast is an excerpt taken from the book, An Intimate Collision Encounters with Life and Jesus. This book and the excerpt for this week's program was written out of the angst and concurrent sadness that many of us live out flat, marginalized, and ineffectual Christian lives. We fall far short of intimately connecting and deeply interjecting the truths of Scripture into the everyday reality of our lives as we live them out in the demands and complexities of the 21st century. We therefore miss a sweeping infusion of what God intends for our lives. We are left the poorer when that need not be the case. The foundational premise of this work lays in the belief that people sense there to be a far greater reality to our portrayal of God and the Christian life than that which we have grasped. It appears evident that God's intentions for us are far more expansive and profoundly more majestic than what we've embraced and subsequently live out in our lives. Something far more is ours if we can only find it, find ways to effectively seize it, and then deeply incorporate it. I hope that you enjoy this week's excerpt. He was four years old, barely. Boyish innocence was tightly stitched and held fast to a deep zest of a living. He was a mosaic of the threads of a splendid tapestry, whose fibers were being woven into a soft spirit that reveled in life. I love Corey. I love him for what he is, and what I see in him that I am not. He is innocence untainted and unsoiled, a young boy that catches the essence of living through windows of the soul yet unsullied by life. Splendidly exuberant, he draws in all the energy of life and expels it freely out to anyone who will embrace its gift. He is both a repository of living and the embodiment of simplicity. One without the other would dramatically diminish him, as it would any of us. I have 70 cents, he said. Sitting at a red light, I had no idea as to the nature, purpose, or rationale of his comments. Arising, it seemed, from the incessant babbling and spontaneity that frequently marks him. Dad, I have 70 cents. Attending to the blur and bustle of the marauding traffic that rushed around me, I attempted to placate him, hoping that he would drift on to something else. That's nice, I replied. He was irritably insistent. My verbal pabulum was blatantly insufficient for him. Dad, I have 70 cents. His voice was incessant. I glanced in my rearview mirror and watched him squirming in his car seat, obviously possessing some agenda of great importance to him that was swallowed up in the supposedly greater agendas that dictated my day. Catching my eyes in the mirror, he held out a clenched fist, clutching 70 cents, and with sordid determination said, Dad, I have 70 cents. I am occupied, attending to the congestion and myriad events around me. The traffic of my life is made up of frustrating red lights, a rare green one, and irritating yellows that flash across a myriad of my intersections. All of the congestion of commerce and career, the snarls of success, and the raucous rhythm of rush hour that I embrace as essential and necessary to achievement. 
I am caught in the blindness of believing that living life means winning, being horrified that an opportunity missed is an unredeemable loss that creates a permanent setback and lifetime of diminishment. I must master life by gouging and gorging myself on its complexities at every opportunity, without having time to savor the tender exquisiteness of its intricacies. Mine is a hoarding of life, rather than a delicate sampling. In and through it all, I miss the minute details in the mayhem, the subtleties that are the very essence of the larger things that I gorge and feed upon. In essence, I miss simplicity. I have 70 cents, Dad. It was a statement of simplicity, and so I missed it. Crystal blue eyes and romping blonde hair, his small hands cradled two quarters and two precarious dimes. They were clenched so firmly that his tiny fingers turned shades of red and white, holding them valiantly in front of him with arms outstretched. His face was chiseled with a squared hint of boyish determination, the manifestation of four-year-old eyes apprehending the core of life and living when I could not see it. His was a soul that was crystal clear, and he saw what really mattered when all I saw was an annoying red light and thick traffic. Dad, I have 70 cents. And then I saw it. Quite accidentally, it caught the barest edge of my mind. Out of the corner of my eye, from the farthest fringes of my life, it stirred. The simple intruded upon my chosen world of complexities. A solitary figure sat on the margins of my wild world, passing by me except for a four-year-old attuned to the wonder of simplicity, hoping that the din surrounding me might ebb just enough to catch a glimpse. I finally saw it. Scrawled by an unsteady hand across a tattered piece of discarded cardboard, stained and bent were a handful of words. The edges of cardboard were torn, frayed, and mutilated, much like the man who held it. It was stained and bent. Primitive letters etched out a silent plea of a lost life. He was no more than ten feet away, and I missed him. The sign read, Need help, please. Dad, I have 70 cents. Don't push these children away. Jesus' voice was purposeful, highlighting an eternal principle violated by stumbling men who chased after life and missed living in the pursuit of living. Don't ever get between them and me. These children are the very center of life in the kingdom. So he said, Simplicity is central to the infinite, which is an odd and incomprehensible dichotomy. That which is complex beyond comprehension embraces simplicity at its core and derives all that it is from that core. The infinite invites us to simplicity as that which is of eternal value is best seen in that which is simple and uncluttered. Simplicity is the key that turns the tumblers to the door of the eternal. It is the single and sole passport to an audience with the infinite. We must suspect, then, that such a concept is built into the fabric of the finite as well. 
Simplicity is the essence of life and living from which all else springs. Without it, complexity loses its roots. It has no grounding, no boundaries, and no identifiable point of departure that defines it and shapes it. And it is here, with the cluster of children swirling around him in innocent admiration, that Jesus declares simplicity as simply central. The Pharisees, in their malicious attempts to trap him, were barely hours old, still resonating in his mind. God incarnate, the creator of the universe, had been asked to justify himself. It was indeed the absurdity that arises when simplicity is missed. The rich young ruler and the stench of materialism were only moments away. Face to face with God, the rich young man would prove himself unable to see Jesus in the tangled web woven of wealth and the complexity inherent in the sordid accumulation of power. He had too much of this world and too little of the next, all of which leaves no room for simplicity. The walk to Jerusalem, betrayal, spikes, a splintered beam, oozing blood, death, all of that was only a mere handful of days away awash in the many manifestations of man's sin and on the threshold of abolishing it, Jesus gathered the children up in his arms and he laid his hands on them and blessed them. As you look at this picture of Jesus, do you see it? It too is on the margins of our lives, sadly so. Jesus is sitting gingerly drawing an armful of giggling and squealing children into his lap. The thick hands of a carpenter run callous fingers through mounds of curls, gracing a tiny head, drawing a smile out of a timid child with a playful and slightly bemused stare, embracing their innocence and simplicity as so far removed from the world he faces, the world that he will die for. He sees in their impish and innocent faces the simplicity that keeps the world from seeing him. He is at the vortex of his earthly life. In a matter of days, all of history will be rocked by his death. The universe will itself reel. Hell will fall. Satan will flee. The immensity of the powers of darkness will suffer complete and uncompromising defeat. He will defiantly tread the bowels of hell itself, and then he will rise, and he will, in his resurrection, change the entire course of human history for the full course of human history. What he is about to do is monumental beyond anything that has ever transpired in the whole course of existence. But here, at this moment, sandwiched between these cataclysmic events, he laughs with children who have no sense of who he is or what awaits him. But innocent they are. And so he plays for a moment. He tickles and gets tickled. He tells a joke, and the air is filled with the squeal of childhood laughter. Eye to eye, with gentle intensity, he tells them of their immense value and of a father's love for each of them. He will die for them shortly. Their innocence may be making that sacrifice more bearable and more compelling. It is the Creator connecting through simplicity with the created in a way that is entirely unabated and unobstructed. It is the treasure of the deep soul finding connection with the vast God through the conduit of simplicity. 
the mayhem of life's traffic, all of the red and green and yellow lights that had dogged his ministry were laid aside so that he could immerse himself in life's real purpose. From this adoring pile of romping children, his gaze shifted, directing his words to the twelve standing about the scene. It was not to be a lesson for children, but one for them. Tussling with their youthful energy, he says, Unless you accept God's kingdom in the simplicity of a child, you'll never get in. The contrast is numbing, even paralyzing. The key to complexity is simplicity. But how can simplicity ever hope to grasp complexity? Simplicity would suggest intentional ignorance through the abandonment of the acquisition of knowledge. It was a stunning and completely puzzling reversals. The complexities of life and living, the minute intricacies of the law and the sacrificial system, the unfathomable breadth of the cosmos and starry hosts that beg exploration and contemplation, the mysterious yet striking predictability of nature, the grandeur and magnificence of God as the incomprehensible I am, next to which all of creation fades and pales into oblivion, is accessed through simplicity? Here, in the laughter and play of these children, lay the incalculably priceless key to kingdom access and the sole passport to the infinite. It was simply too simple. So simple that grasping it in itself was complex. Peals of laughter drew them back from contemplation, being a sweet elixir to a sullen life. There were the voices of those who had seized the kingdoms and its keys through simplicity, accepting as these children accepted, with innocence and simplicity, humility and obedience, through trust that never asks if there is anything else other than trust. Engaging in a raw embracing, a simple acceptance free of attempts to determine how to shape one's life so that it might find a shred of acceptability before God. Freely accepting the unconditional as exactly that, unconditional. And so it was in the children. Jesus stood, the lesson now having been taught by example and by word. He stooped, placed his hands on the children for a brief final moment, and blesses them, extending into their simplicity the blessing of God. He was able to do so because of the massive and free-roaming space created in and by their simplicity. Access to the kingdom was granted to such as these, its evidence seen in the blessing. It was all so simple, yet so magnificently transforming. Lives have expended lifetimes trying to achieve what these children achieved in but a moment, via the vehicle of innocence and simplicity. A final hug, a parting embrace, and the children dispersed, running into the arms of waiting parents. A pair of them skipped off, holding hands. Sticks trailed curly-cued designs in the gritty dirt. Several ran around parents in errant circles of delight and innocent mischief. A small cluster gathered mounds of wildflowers, pressing their nectared petals deep into their faces, inhaling their perfumed ecstasy. The sound of laughter faded and then dissipated on the soft winds of the day. 
the bevy of children scurried off to the next adventure, not realizing that they had just had the greatest adventure of all. But simplicity embraces all of life as an adventure. A honking horn exploded into the moment. The light was green. I instinctively punched the accelerator and drove off. But Dad, I have 70 cents. How our hearts are drawn to simplicity, yet how difficult it is for us to allow it to remain so. How painful when we cannot respond to it. Life caused me to drive by him, and to this day I am irritated by that action. Corey and I talked about that man, and we talked about how we could have helped someone with his 70 cents. 70 cents of simplicity. Could I please have 70 cents of simplicity? Enough to see my world as Corey does? Oh God, could you please grant me 70 cents of simplicity? How do I balance complexity with simplicity? How do I rectify the God of the universe playing with children and incorporate that principle into my world? How do I correlate the melding of the infinite and simplicity? Where is that common ground where I can embrace simplicity with a relentless vigor and yet live in a world of complexity? It is not the absence of complexity, for creation is woven of it, and it is the embodiment of God himself. It is the example of the infinitely complex God playing and romping with simple children that we must seize, hold fast to, and draw from. The key is the full embodiment of simplicity and complexity where neither is lost or sacrificed at the expense of the other, but where the complete embrace of both brings fullness and balance to life. The challenge is to hold to both equally. We assume that complexity is the absence of simplicity. Rather, is complexity not the very thing that highlights simplicity and makes simplicity so very obvious and so deeply cherished? Is it not in the holding of simplicity that complexity has a point of origin and a benchmark which dictates its shape, tenor, and tone? And is not the fullest embrace of the two, with each holding the other in balance, the very thing that maximizes life and living? We need to live with 70 cents of simplicity, clutching it in our fists and refusing to let it go. Allowing it to hold and ground our exploration, acquisition, and understanding of life's complexities. It is our task to apprehend an understanding of the world God has put us in, but to likewise maintain eyes of simplicity that keep us centered on that which is central to all of life. Complexity that is not continually grounded in simplicity is apt to be errant, causing us to be consumed in the complexity itself. For that brief moment, following a confrontation with the Pharisees, a pending confrontation with a rich young ruler, and only days away from death, Jesus centered himself in simplicity. So should we. I came so that they can have real and eternal life, more and better life than they ever dreamt of, said Jesus. Could it be that this more and better life is in part the ability to embrace complexity? 
while holding tenaciously to simplicity, allowing simplicity to ground us and center us in the complicated and detailed facets of life, each providing a balancing effect for the other, thereby allowing us to embrace the fullness of life without sacrificing anything that a single focus would cause us to miss? And is such a balance the work of God in our lives, His grace and power allowing us to achieve this dual embrace? Indeed, I think it is. Thanks for joining us today. I hope that you enjoyed this excerpt from An Intimate Collision, Encounters with Life and Jesus. Likewise, I hope that it spoke something of significance into some deep place in your life. You can discover all of my books on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, or wherever books are.